Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my mother's basement, man. So many geeks in the chat. Oh, I want to hear Red Skies. I got, I got to hear, I, I got to hear Dark. JD, this was a Red Skies Raw, man. Sure it was. Sure it was. It's a Red Skies Raw when I say it's a Red Skies Raw. You know, you know what really is Red Skies? Do you know what really is Red Skies to me lately? You know, all the fucking people that are complaining about the food coming out of the OTS kitchen. Apparently you are upset with Jesse's choice of menu. You guys were upset about Jesse's choice of style. The way he cooks in the kitchen. Let me tell you something, man. If you don't like the fucking food, get the fuck out. That's what I gotta tell you. I think the kitchen is in tip-top shape. I think the kitchen is completely operational. If it wasn't, I'd be back there fucking cooking, okay? I don't know how many times this week already, and it's fucking Monday, that I gotta hear people complaining about Jesse's tacos. Really? That they're bland and vanilla and uncharismatic. Give me a fucking break, man. Seriously. If you have a problem with what comes out of the kitchen, then you got a problem with me. And if you got a problem with me, you can get the fuck out, okay? Now, tonight's show is sponsored by The Ridge. The Ridge, I set them up back there somewhere, man. Uh, the, the, the beautiful blonde who's uh, showing the uh, Ridge wallet off, man. She drinks for free, okay? She drinks for free. Anyway, um, I don't want to get canceled, okay? Sorry. Um, go get yourself a Ridge wallet, man. They're 30, what is it, 30% off? Up to 30% off? Yeah, 30% off. Ridge.com slash script, man. Go get yourself a wallet. You know, Black Friday's coming up. Holidays are coming up. I know your father needs a new fucking wallet, man. Come on now. Also, I'm going to need you guys to sit down here with me, man. This is where the cool kids sit, man. You're not going to see Sap or fucking No IQ or these other geeks. Who? Denise. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, man. We're flagging Denise. Before she even hits the sidewalk, man, she ain't even getting into the same fucking uh, radius as the OTS venue. Uh, listen, VIP, you guys can sit down here, become a channel member, man. We're going to talk to WWE tonight, man. We got the Viper. 
showing up uh, at Survivor Series, man. It's going to be a good one. I'll see you guys upstairs. Yeah, guys, uh, uh, listen, listen. Can I ask you a question, please? No. No, you may not ask me a question, okay? Monday Night Raw, man. Let's get into it. Monday Night Raw. I thought tonight was a solid show. I thought tonight was a solid show. And they did basically everything that, everything that they needed to do going into Survivor Series for a go-home show. I thought they did uh, a very, very good job. Normally, WWE go-home shows are the drizzling shits, and they don't do much of anything to get you excited, but I got a very special place in my heart for the Survivor Series. I do, always. Survivor Series has been one of my favorite shows throughout the annals of WWE history. And I've been super excited since Triple H has brought back the War Games stipulation. This is the second year going. If Vince was in charge, we wouldn't be getting War Games this year or last year. But I've been excited about the War Games stipulation coming back. And I just think it brings a different element of excitement to the show that we haven't seen in many, many, many years for Survivor Series. Let's start here. Randy Orton. Everybody's excited about Randy Orton coming back. Randy Orton has been out for about a year and a half. I don't know what the man looks like. I don't know what the man has transformed himself into. I don't know how much ring rust Randy Orton is going to have on that. How old is he? 43? 43-year-old physique. I don't know if throwing him into a war game situation after being out for a year and a half with a broken back is the smartest creative decision. But Randy Orton was officially confirmed on Raw as the fifth man for Team Cody at Survivor Series against the Judgment Day. Now, Judgment Day is comprised of Drew McIntyre, Damian Priest, J.D. McFlurry, Finn Balor, and Dominic Mysterio. And on the babyface side, we got Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Yeet, Jey Uso, and now Randy Orton. That's one hell of a match. That's one hell of a team. We did not see Randy Orton on Raw. Everybody was like, oh, why, why didn't we see Randy? Why didn't we see Randy? The crowd wanted Randy. I was waiting for an RKO. The only reason why I tuned into Raw was to see an RKO out of nowhere. You're going to get an RKO out of nowhere on Saturday. You're going to get several RKOs out of nowhere on Saturday when you see Randy Orton for the first time. The reason why Randy Orton was announced tonight, I don't give a shit if he was there or not. WWE had only one thing to do, and that was to announce Randy Orton. 
The reason why WWE announced Randy Orton tonight, because if they went into Survivor Series on Saturday and they didn't announce anybody for Team Cody, I think the show would have been compromised by CM Punk chants and CM Punk hysteria and fucking geeks who have no life, hoping and wanting and praying and wishing that CM Punk is the fifth man for Team Cody. WWE saved themselves a ton of headache by announcing Randy Orton for Survivor Series. Now you would not be expecting. Now you should not be expecting. Now you will not be expecting CM Punk in Chicago at Survivor Series. Now he could still very well show up, but it's not going to be magnified and there's not going to be a big spotlight on, oh my God, Phil Brooks, CM Punk is the fifth man. First of all, he doesn't even make fucking sense as the fifth man. Randy Orton is the number one candidate for this spot. It could have been L.A. Knight. Could have been Kevin Owens. But what the fuck does L.A. Knight have to do with the Judgment Day? Nothing. Kevin Owens? I mean, that would have been the safe choice if Randy Orton wasn't ready to come back. But WWE has done a, I would say up until this week, a fair job of keeping the brand separate. They did say tonight that the fifth man would be open to SmackDown. That's why Cody was there on Friday night talking to Nick Aldis. He was scouting, potentially, who could be the fifth man on SmackDown. But there was only one choice over there if you really wanted to make sense of it, and that's Kevin Owens. And I'm glad it's not Kevin Owens. That's a whole other problem for a different day, though. What are you doing with LA Knight? What are you doing with Kevin Owens? Why are these level of performers missing Survivor Series? Do you know how fucking stupid that is? Do you know how stupid that looks? L.A. Knight wrestled Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia, not even on the show. He wrestled Roman Reigns in the main event of Crown Jewel for the WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship and can't find a spot for him on Survivor Series. Solo Sokoa ended John Cena. Can't find the spot for him on the show. Kevin Owens... He was in the main event of WrestleMania this year, one of the best tag team matches in company history, one of the most important tag team matches in company history. Did you find a spot for him at Survivor Series? No. Kind of a weird, weird situation, man. Rather bizarre how they've handled some of the booking decisions going into Survivor Series. But I'm not the fucking head booker. I'm not Triple H. What the fuck do I know, man? I'm some geek on the internet talking pro wrestling behind a fucking virtual bar green screen. Maybe I should stay in my lane. Randy Orton was announced tonight because of the CM Punk hysteria. They needed to do that. They did that. One thing I want you guys to pay very close attention to, and the reason why I'm glad it's Randy Orton, is not only because he has history with Cody Rhodes, not only does he have history with Seth Rollins, not only does he have history with Drew McIntyre, did you see the look on Jay Uso's face when Cody was set to announce who the fifth man was? That was not fun-loving, yeet, fucking raise your hands in the air and everybody go fucking jump up and down, Jay Uso. That was a man concerned for his well-being. If there's one person in that ring that Randy Orton has a history with that is more important right now than anybody, it is Jay Uso. 
Because Jay Uso was one of the three men who put him out, one of the four men who put him out for a year and a half per WWE storyline, and that is the bloodline. What is Randy Orton going to think? What is Randy Orton going to say? What is Randy Orton going to do when he sees Jay Uso standing on the same side as him after a year and a half when he was the last man that Randy Orton looked at while he was being carted off and out for a year and a half? That's some fucking dramatic bullshit going into war games, if I may say so. And that is fucking awesome. That look sold it all. That look made Randy Orton the absolute 100% right choice for Survivor Series. And I will take no other answer but Randy Orton. Go back and watch if you missed it. He was holding a steel chair and he was not all that pleased with that announcement. That was a look on Jay Uso's face that was downright scared and concerned about what may happen if Randy Orton shows up on Saturday, and now we got that confirmation. War Games is being built, as far as the men's match is concerned, very nicely. I would have obviously changed it. I would have included the bloodline mixed with the Judgment Day against Cody and friends. I would have had L.A. Knight on the team and not Seth Rollins. I would have had Randy on the team still, I would not have had Drew McIntyre on the Judgment Day side. I would have had Judgment Day and Bloodline team up against Cody, Sammy, Jay, L.A. Knight, and Randy Orton. Meanwhile, you move Seth and Drew to another rematch for a World Heavyweight Championship. I think that would have been a better use of L.A. Knight, get him on the show. Better use of Seth Rollins, get the championship defended on the show where Roman Reigns refuses to work nowadays. After that Drew match with Seth Rollins at Crown Jewel, I don't know why anybody would have a problem with another match between those two guys. But yet, maybe we still get that some point this year. Excellent choice with Randy Orton showing up at Survivor Series on Saturday and being the fifth man for Team Cody. No other better choice than the Viper. Drew McIntyre. He did explain himself. As to why he has chosen to join Judgment Day against Team Cody and friends at Survivor Series. We're going to go over what he said because I thought he cut a fantastic promo on Monday night. I thought he did a great job. And Drew McIntyre's heel run is off and running. And I'm very excited to see where he goes because I've been saying for weeks he's been the most intriguing character on the entire show. His dive into just this, this, this despair, this notion, this, this character that can't let the past go and what the company has done to him to not help him and the fact that the bloodline fucked him over and the fact that he's got a problem with Jay Uso and he can't stand by having everybody else all of a sudden trust Jay Uso. He doesn't trust Jay Uso. He doesn't like Jay Uso. So he's going to do everything in his power to get rid of Jay Uso because Jay Uso hurt his family. They hurt him. So Drew McIntyre gave a very good explanation. We'll go over that tonight. The ladies got basically the entire first hour. There were a total of 27 women, I believe, 
something like that. Someone said something like that on social media. 27 women or so. It might not be that much. I don't think there were that many women on this show tonight. But regardless, there, there was a, uh, a, a good, there was a good 18 women on the show tonight. That was crazy. We got, how many we got? We got uh, two, four, six, eight in the tag team match. We got Raquel and Naya. I mean, Naya, I mean, I've, I want to say something, but I can't. I'm going to get canceled. Maybe, maybe with Naya, we did get 27. I don't, I don't know. Um, what do we got? We got uh, Becky and Zia Lee, right? It's great. The women got the first hour, man. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, listen. Triple H is trying to get the women's division back on top. He's trying to mold that women's division to be must-see on the main roster. Got to give him credit. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work, man. We'll see what happens. But uh, the ladies, I think, over overachieved tonight. The ladies oh, overachieved. We will uh, go over what happened on Monday Night Raw with the ladies. There was a fatal four-way number one contendership for the obsolete tag team championships. And then Becky and Zia Lee had a decent match. Wade Barrett said it was a WrestleMania main event worthy performance. I mean, I don't know what the fuck he was drinking tonight. Holy shit. If he was caught drinking with McIntyre before the show, I would not be surprised. Honestly. So we're going to go over all that tonight on the show, man. I'm glad you're here on Monday night spending it with me. You guys asked for Red Skies. I'm going to play some Red Skies, man. Can't go wrong with Dr. Disrespect. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys go and do that. The best place to keep up to date on the channel is social media. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are very, very close to 150,000 subscribers, man. I really appreciate you guys. I love you guys, man. I love you guys. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We got a couple of bombs already, man. I will address the bombs in a second. Thank you guys very much. Keep that energy up, man. I love it. I love it. Memberships are open as well, man. You want to sit in the... Where, 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 where are they sitting? Behind me or upstairs? They're, they're sitting upstairs, right? You guys are going to be sitting upstairs, man, in the cocktail lounge. Make sure you guys become a VIP right here on Off The Script. A channel member comes with excellent perks. I promise you. Go check out all the other content on the channel, man. There is plenty of it. Jesse and I were live for three hours. For the AEW Full Gear Post Show. There's not one single podcast in the community that dissected that show like we did. Go check that out. Uploaded an extra yesterday about Will Ospreay and the real reason why he signed with AEW. And make sure you guys go and check out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. The Ridge is back this holiday season Make sure you guys go and get yourself a Ridge wallet. And with the holidays coming up, you guys should be giving the gift of the Ridge. Ridge.com slash scripts. 
Going to throw it to a word from today's sponsor, and then I'll be back to give you guys all the wrestling you need for tonight's Monday Night Raw right here on OTS. Guys, I am going to be real with you. The holiday season is coming up. It's going to be here before you know it, and I know how stressful it is to shop for that special someone in your life during the Christmas season. I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to get you guys ready for the holiday season because today the podcast is sponsored by my great friends over at The Ridge. You guys can shop this holiday season by going to ridge.com slash script and get up to 30% off through December 20th. And today we're going to highlight the Hyper Lime Wallet and Key Case and you guys see how beautiful the Hyper Lime set is. Now, I've given the Ridge for Christmas before, and it's gone over so well, man. Everybody always compliments my wallet. You guys know how much I love the Ridge. I got one for every season of the entire year. You guys can go to the website and check out the Hyper Lime wallet and key case. If not, you guys can go check out 30-plus colors and styles, including leather, if you like to go a more traditional route. They also got AirTag attachments available on every relevant product, so you'll never lose your essentials ever again. Now, I've talked about this one before, guys, and one of my favorite features of the Ridge Wallet, it actually expands and holds up to 12 cards, plus room for cash while remaining as slim as possible. No more bulky wallets. It's also designed with RFID blocking materials that helps protect you from digital pickpockers. Ridge Keycase securely holds one to six keys and prevents your keys from jingling. And you guys can get 30% off your order when buying the Ridge Wallet and Keycase together, which I feel are two daily essentials for one great deal. There's over 80,000 five-star reviews, over 3 million customers, and a 99-day risk-free trial that lets you give the perfect present worry-free. You can send it back and get a full refund if they don't love it. Lifetime warranty also included. That ensures your gift isn't just for now. It's for life. So when Santa Claus asks what you want for Christmas, I hope it's the gift of the Ridge. Ridge.com slash script. Save up to 30% off now through December 20th. And if you're going to use my link, you guys can enter your email and phone number to have a chance to win a Ridge bundle up to $4,000. No purchase necessary. I want to thank Ridge for sponsoring today's episode right here on Off The Script. Tell you, man, I love the Ridge. You guys don't own one. I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for, man. See? I got, I got like, I got like a dozen Ridge wallets, man. I mean, I got a fucking problem. I really do. Ridge.com slash script. Go get yours today, especially the holidays coming up. Monday Night Raw. Love the fact that Drew McIntyre opened the show tonight because we needed an explanation. And McIntyre gave us a very good explanation as far as why he did what he did, he was bombarded with uh, boo birds. I'm not Dominic Mysterio, he says. I've earned the right to talk, so I will talk to you and you will listen. Love it already. He said a lot of people are upset over what happened last week, and he's more upset with the reaction to what he did last week than anyone. He says he's been called a coward and a backstabber. He says he's the same person he's always been. He says he hasn't lied. He says he didn't lie to Seth Rollins last week, and he's not now. He says if you're a fan of his, 
He doesn't have to explain himself. And if you turned on him, he doesn't give a damn what he thinks. That's on you. You were never a fan in the first place. There you go. I said that about uh, Jesse with all these geeks bothering him about uh, being negative and all this other nonsense this week coming out of the Full Gear post show. If you got a problem with Jesse, you got a problem with me. And if you're not watching the show because you don't like Jesse, then you were never a fan of me in the first place. Just think of it that way. Drew McIntyre is a smart man. Drew says he gave Jay something that Jay will... That Jay never gave him when he attacked him time after time. He looked him in the eye. Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, there's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. That's code SCRIPT50 at factormeals.com slash SCRIPT50 to get 50% off. He said Jay's probably looking for an apology. He says he doesn't remember one apology to him or anyone else he screwed over with his family. He said Cody technically brought Jay to Raw, and he noticed that Cody attacked Solo and Jimmy on SmackDown. He said, people are probably telling Cody to get over it like people are telling him. He said, at Clash of the Castle, Jay and his family cost me the biggest moment of my life in front of my family. Then he goes on to mention 16 years that he's been away from them, sacrificing everything, including birthdays and Christmases. He says his family took his big moment from his family. He asked if he's starting to make sense to everyone. This completely made sense. And this is uh, all validation from Drew McIntyre. He then said, the million-dollar question is, has Drew McIntyre joined the Judgment Day? He says, if you've watched me since I was 22 years old, you should know me by now. He asked the fans what they think. They shouted answers, no, yes, go talk to your mother, I don't know the answer, whatever the case may be. He said, They clearly don't know him very well. No, I have not joined Judgment Day. 
I will be on their team, though, at War Games. He said Rhea Ripley gave him something no one else could. Jay Uso inside a steel cage. Drew said wherever he sees him, he will drop him. All of a sudden, Jay Uso's music hits. Drew McIntyre didn't give a shit about the music playing. He yelled, your ass belongs to me. Get over here. Jay strutted onto the stage. Fans were chanting, yeet. Jay said Drew should let it go, oos. He asked fans to say yeet if they want to see Drew get beat up. So all five members of Judgment Day showed up on the apron behind Drew McIntyre. Seth Rollins' music then played. He came out. Sammy's, uh, Zayn's music hit. He came out. Cody's music hit. He came out. And these two teams were about to get into war right here. So Adam Pearce, I don't know where he came from. He entered the ring and said, War Games is on Saturday. Whoever throws the first punch before then will cost their team the advantage on Saturday. Am I clear? He starts yelling. Loving the work of Adam Pierce lately. So, Pierce said, since he has more business, he has their attention now. You're all going to listen. He told Cody, Seth, Sammy, and Jay, you guys need to, to, to pick a fifth member by the end of the night. Pierce said, by 9 o'clock, I need to know which members will fight in the advantage match later in the show. You pick or I will pick for you. Drew took a step towards Jay, which was kind of a foreshadowing of what the main event was going to be for tonight's Monday Night Raw. He, he left the ring. He backed away, left the ring, and left Judgment Day. He looked frustrated. I thought Cody was going to wrestle for his team, being that he was the team captain. And it might have been, I don't know, Finn or maybe Drew McIntyre, being that he's the biggest name on that, on that Judgment Day team. I thought this was a great open for Monday Night Raw. I thought Drew McIntyre had an excellent promo. I love Drew McIntyre in all aspects. He's got a great promo. He's very good in the ring. He's just, he's just a model fucking professional wrestler, man. You think professional wrestler, you think Drew McIntyre. That promo was excellent. He gave you a reason as to why he's upset. He gave you a reason as to why he turned his back. He gave you a reason as to why he's on Judgment Day's team at War Games. Everything just clicked. He gave you a reason for everything. Then we got the Judgment Day out there backing him. They might not like him. He might not like them, but they were backing him. Five. Then we saw Cody's team. I could do without everybody having their theme musics go off because it's a little cringe. Yeah, let's get, uh, let's get Seth out there, and then let's get Cody out there, and let's get Sammy out there, and everybody's fucking singing along and doing their own fucking thing. I mean, we, we don't need all that. It just looks and feels overproduced when you go and do something like that. That's a, that's a Vince McMahon thing. Would love if they move away from that. But we got the baby faces in there. They were clearly down a man. And I love that Adam Pierce said, before we end tonight, I need to know who your fifth is. Great. So we were going to get the answer. We knew that we had to wait for the entire show and wait till the end of the show, but we were going to get who the fifth man was tonight. And I like the sense of urgency, you know, bestowed by, by Adam Pierce. I need the fifth man. And then by nine o'clock, because I don't want no bullshit here, I need to know who is on the main event of this show. 
I need to know who you're picking for the advantage match, and I need to know who Judgment Day is picking for the advantage match, and get the fuck out of my face. I thought this was a very good opening segment. It accomplished everything that you needed. It got all the bases covered. Excellent start to Monday Night Raw. Nia Jax! How this woman has a job, I don't know. I don't know. Imagine. Imagine. Nia Jax is employed, but WWE passed on Jay White and Will Ospreay. Go figure. Nia Jax versus Raquel. <laughs> Rodriguez. Gonzalez. The joke might have to go into the vault, man. I don't know if anybody still likes that joke. I think it's Raquel Rodriguez from now. I think we're all used to Raquel Rodriguez, right? I don't know. Listen, man. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. I, I guess the, the people in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, you know, you like to see two big ladies go at it, and you like to see... Uh, the smaller of the two try to pick up the larger of the two, and that, I guess that gets the cheap pop, right? That's what everybody's looking for. Whatever. I didn't really uh, find myself entertained by this. In fact, every time I watch Nia Jax wrestle, I, I just... She just emits carelessness. She does. There's nothing about her that is intriguing. There's nothing about her that's exciting to watch. She, she moves around in there like she doesn't even want to be in the ring. Like she's picked up pro wrestling for like a week. That's how she wrestles. She wrestles like she doesn't care to learn or get better, if I make any sense. Now, Raquel Rodriguez, I actually like Raquel Rodriguez. I wish she would tone down the fucking smiling. But I think Raquel Rodriguez has a bright future and a huge upside. Now, I don't particularly find this match interesting, but it was two big ladies going at it, and I guess whatever pops the fucking crowd. So, Rodriguez tackled Jax out of the ring and hit uh, a flying crossbody off the apron, but Jax shoved her into the barricade and drove her spine first into the ring post before we go to commercial break. So, we get back from break. Jax is putting on a submission hold on Raquel, hoisted her up, did Raquel, and then she collapsed. She injured her back trying to lift up Naya. Rodriguez fought back, tried to get Jax on her shoulders again because it was going to pop the crowd. She collapsed again. Naya Jax responded with a senton. She definitely mistimed the senton because she laid directly across Raquel. All her weight came down. Normally, normally the senton is like maybe upper back, neck, hitting the opponent. Nia Jax legitimately threw all her weight on top of Raquel Rodriguez, squashing her like a fucking ant. Jax went to the middle rope, but Rodriguez slipped under her for a powerbomb attempt. Rodriguez tried to powerbomb Nia, and it looked like, I swear to God, man, it looked like Nia was really kind of stiffing Raquel like she was playing dead weight. I don't know what 
they tried to do here, but Rodriguez collapsed for, collapsed for a third time, and Jax hit the Annihilator for a one, two, three, and she pins Raquel Rodriguez. The crowd was ready to pop for Raquel Rodriguez picking up Nia Jax, but they did not do it on this night. So Nia Jax gets the victory. What it means to you and me, absolutely nothing. Eight minutes too long because Nia Jax is awful. There was a Zia Lee video package. She's wrestling Becky Lynch tonight. Great. Zia Lee's got, keep this in mind, folks. Zia Lee has an NXT Women's Championship match tomorrow against Lyra Valkyria. Who? Lyra Valkyria. Sure, there'll be a lot of who's in the chat. Fuck them, I know. I don't watch NXT. So we go from a Zia Lee vignette training to the Judgment Day. Judgment Day, we're discussing who they should wrestle tonight. Priest X Ripley, where her guy is. Not Dominic. Dominic is sitting right there. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre showed up. Ripley said to Drew, or Ripley told Drew, that Priest is the leader at War Games and he wants to fight for the advantage. Drew volunteered himself. He says he doesn't like them, but he despises Jey Uso more. Priest says he doesn't like Drew either. He said Drew cost him the world championship. Drew told him to take it easy. Priest said that's what he tells people to do. Take it easy. Priest agreed to let Drew show his worth. So go get the advantage for the judgment day. Drew smiled and said, now that's leadership. He walked away. Priest said that Drew better win them the advantage. Great. I mean, if I'm Judgment Day, listen, if I'm Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre is on my team, I'm picking Drew McIntyre to go and wrestle for the advantage. That's just me, man. I I don't know about you guys, but that's me. Cody, Sammy, Seth, and Jey Uso. Yeet. Discussed who should represent them later against Drew. Seth pitched himself. Jay said, no, Us, I want the spot. Seth says they need him Saturday and Drew wants to destroy him. Jay said Drew talked about family stuff, so Drew is mine. Let me get him. Seth said, all right. You want him? Go get him. You got it. Sammy and Cody agreed. It was settled. Sammy then brought up, well, we got another problem. Who is going to be our fifth man? Cody told the rest of the team, I have a very good friend that I could potentially call. Now, Cody was on SmackDown, and, you know, Cody told Sammy, you know, I was on SmackDown, and I spoke to Nick Aldis, and we got some options over there, and he told me that SmackDown wrestlers are, you know, basically up for grabs if you need somebody. I have an old friend who I can call who he thinks will come through for them. He then told Jay to go take care of business. So, Cody, obviously, we all knew that he was going to go call the Viper. Or maybe it was Ted DiBiase Jr. He got an old friend that he thinks is going to take care of business for them. Becky Lynch! She goes one-on-one with, uh, I mean, 
Absolutely fucking cringe entrance, man. We got lightning bolts coming down. We got some sparkly graphics going up there. She's, yeah, yeah. Whatever, man. Whatever floats creative's boat, I say, huh? Great. Zaylee did her entrance. She entered the ring and they showed Lyra Valkyria. Who? I don't fucking know. Lyra Valkyria. Another one from Dublin. She's Becky's friend. So they shut her at ringside holding the NXT Women's Championship. She got no reaction because nobody knows who she is. So Zaya and Becky, according to uh, according to Wade Barrett, had a WrestleMania main event worthy match. Now, I don't know what he was drinking. I don't know what was in his Gatorade or maybe he drank with Michael Cole before Monday Night Raw went on the air. Maybe he had a couple of shots of uh, good old Terramana or something along those lines. I don't know. Whatever's in Cody's fucking tour bus. But no, this was not a main event worthy match, Wade. No. I'm sorry. So Becky Lynch had the early advantage on Zaya. The reason why this match is taking place is because Zaya has been kind of taunting Becky Lynch over the weeks. She wanted a women's championship match when Becky was holding the NXT Women's Championship, and then Becky lost it to Lyra Who. And now. Zia Lee is taking her anger out on Becky Lynch. Meanwhile, Zia Lee has been a menace on the main roster, knocking out Indy Hartwell and knocking out Tegan Knox or whoever else. Who would she wrestle? Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. She's been kicking ladies in the head. Matches are going like 90 seconds. Whatever. Whatever. They're trying to build her up as a badass. I get it. So Becky Lynch had the early advantage. Zaya caught her with a kick on the apron. And we go to commercial break. Now, we come back from break, and Zaya Lee supposedly was completely in control here over Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch tried to fight back, hit an exploder suplex for a two-count. Becky Lynch then applied an arm bar, but Zaya counted into a cradle for a two-count. Zaya followed up with an airplane spin that looked sloppy as fuck for a two-count. Lynch responded later with a middle rope superplex for two. Lee hit her knockout kick, and Becky Lynch tried to fall out of the ring, but she failed, and Zaya had to come over and shove her out of the ring. So, Becky Lynch seemed a little loopy here. She looked a little out of it. Referee asked if she wanted to continue. Obviously, she continued. Zaya tried the kick again, but Lynch ducked and posted her against the turnbuckle. They both... Made it back into the ring at a non-count. And Lynch hit a manhandle slam for the one, two, three. The crowd was into the win. They popped for Becky Lynch winning here. And the match went about 13 minutes or so. I thought Zaya looked pretty decent in there. Uh, I expected a lot worse. This was easily, by far and away, Zaya Lee's most important match. And I honestly think that with this match, Zia Lee has earned more TV time. This was a test. Absolutely. This was a huge test for Zia Lee, and she passed. 
because I'm not really a big fan of her as of yet. I think she's got potential. I think we need to cut the fucking Mortal Kombat entrance. I think it looks cringe as fuck. Seriously. Well, she went in there and she wrestled Becky Lynch, who right now, honestly, I'm not a fan of the man gimmick. I think it's lame. But I think Becky right now is doing probably the best work of her entire year. Honestly. And I've been hard on Becky, and I've been kind of anti-Becky. You know, some of the decisions that are made with Becky, I find to be repulsive and just disgusting. Honestly, they pander and just, it's, it's so sad. It really is. But I think the work that she's been putting in, working with NXT, working with these women on the main roster, trying to give them a ring and a spotlight, and then working with Tiffany Stratton, I think right now in the last three to four months, Becky's probably turned out the best work of her year. So this was definitely a success if you want to look at it from a Zia Lee perspective. Now, I do have to question. It is rather bizarre. Like, does Becky need the win? Honestly, let's, let's ask ourselves that. Does Becky need the win? No. Becky's already announced for war games. More than likely, Team Bianca is going to win. Bailey's going to fuck something up in the match, and then Bailey's probably going to get kicked out not too long after Survivor Series ends. Might not happen on Saturday, but it may happen on Friday or somewhere down the line on SmackDown. But did Becky need the win over Zaya? No. I find it to be a very bizarre outcome, especially when you book Zaya Lee to wrestle Lyra Valkyria tomorrow night on NXT for the NXT Women's Championship. Like, I get you need to give Becky Lynch a big win because she's your bread and butter and she's Becky Lynch. But this other woman, Zia Lee, has a championship match against Lyra Valkyria for the NXT Women's Championship. And now she just looks like a loser. So why would anybody watching this or tomorrow expect Zaya to beat Lyra if she's a loser? She's got zero momentum going into that match. So she's a loser who's getting a championship opportunity on another show because it's not Raw. Doesn't make sense. After the match, damage control marched down through the crowd and they were attacked by Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, and Shotzi. EO, Bailey, and Asuka, along with Kyrie, backed away from the, the brawl, but the brawl broke out again, and officials tried to separate both of these teams. I, I don't know why we needed this here. Like, why did we need this here? You do realize that they are on SmackDown, and we have one more SmackDown before War Games. I don't know why this couldn't happen on Friday. We'll probably end up getting it again on Friday, and it'll just be a, a repeat of what we saw on Monday. Ludwig Kaiser. NXT is taped. Fuck if I know. I don't watch it. Ludwig Kaiser was annoyed with Giovanni Vinci. I I don't really get this. This back and forth between Kaiser and and Giovanni Vinci. I don't know what's going on here. Vinci approached him, asked asked him if he was ready for his match against Johnny Gargano. Kaiser said he didn't appreciate how he tried to get on Gunther's good side last week. Vinci says he's going to do what's best for Imperium. Kaiser said Gunther 
is, or Kaiser is said to Gunther that Vinci is his responsibility. So what he says goes. He told Vinci to stay in the back and let him take care of Johnny Gargano all by himself. Great. You go beat Johnny Gargano, bro. You go show Gunther. So we get Ludwig Kaiser versus Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano's out there with Tommaso Ciampa. Gargano was already in the ring. So he didn't even get an entrance. Maybe it's for the best. That theme music sucks. So Gargano got an entrance. Kaiser, he got his entrance. I don't know what it is with the mix mash of Imperium theme that they got Kaiser coming out to. It sounds awful. Just terrible theme musics. None of them have any identity. And there's a rumor going around that Monday Night Raw may be getting a new theme. I don't know what the current theme is, but whatever the fuck it is, it sucks. I would really appreciate we get away from the hip-hop style and we go a little bit more rock or heavy metal or something for Monday Night Raw. Because when I think of pro wrestling, I think of hard-hitting and I think of manly music. Balls-to-the-wall music. We haven't had a good theme song for Monday Night Raw since fucking Shinedown. And Papa Roach. Those were great songs. Let's try and go back to that. The pinnacle of Monday Night Raw theme songs was Anthrax. Thorn in your eye, man. See, that's back in my day. Some of you youngins won't really appreciate that. That's the type of shit I want to hear on my Monday night. Not some fucking, uh, well, what is it? I don't even know who the fuck sings these songs, man. Better than me. I don't see nobody. Fuck out, fuck out of here, man. Ridiculous. Anyway, Johnny Gargano. We go right to commercial break. Kaiser punched him out of midair and gave him an uppercut on the outside. That level Johnny Gargano into the fucking next time zone. We go to commercial break. Gargano rallied and scored a near fall after a second rope faceplant. Kaiser came back with a spinning lariat for two. Barrett is on commentary. He's really putting over uh, Kaiser's uppercut and the types of moves that he does knock people out. Gargano landed in Inzuguri. Kaiser then flipped Gargano and slammed him to the mat for a near fall. They fought back and forth with some big moves and near falls. Vinci! He was told to stay away, man. Vinci was told to stay away, but he showed up anyway. So he's out there, and Kaiser was not happy. He was not happy at all. Kaiser stopped, told him to go to the back because, I mean, you're in the ring with one of the world's best pro wrestlers, and you turn your back on him. Kaiser's not very smart. Turned his back on Gargano to scold Vinci. Gargano then caught Kaiser with a kick. And then the one final beat, DDT, Gargano with the win. This was a great match. This was a great match. I thought what these two guys did was excellent. Now, I don't know where it's going, but this definitely is a black and gold era-esque match. Now, the Imperium tease is fucking retarded, honestly. They got to get rid of it. Just stop. I, I, I don't need Imperium to tease a split. I don't even know where the fuck it would go. Why is Kaiser upset at Vinci? 
Why is Vinci feuding with Kaiser? Why is Gunther scolding one one week and then the other the next week? Judgment Day is going to disband. Damian Priest is getting kicked out of Judgment Day. We're going to need Imperium to take and maybe enlist another, potentially. Maybe. We're going to need Imperium in 2024 to be the group on Monday Night Raw. Because Judgment Day is not going to be as powerful in 2024 as they are right now. It's just fucking stupid. Where's it going? Who thinks, listen, I take nothing away from Vinci. Vinci is a great fucking wrestler. I think he is fucking incredible. Kaiser's great. But a solo axe? They ain't ready for that. There's a time and a place to do that split. Right now is not the right time. They are the perfect example of keeping them together because they are better together. You separate them, they both become weak. They are both weaker away from each other. They are both weaker away from Gunther. They all complement each other. I mean, you could not ask for a more perfect group of individuals to pair together for a stable. Like, what are we doing? Let's end this shit. It's fucking stupid. It makes no sense and it's going nowhere. Chelsea Green. She's with Piper Niven. They were complaining to Adam Pierce about having to share a locker room with the non-champions... Natalia and Tegan Knox walked in. Natalia told Pierce that they want to take the titles off of both Chelsea and Piper Niven. Great. Reaching for the stars is Natalia. Then we see Katana Chance and Caden Carter walk up to Pierce and said they deserve a chance. They do. They do. Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae then showed up and said they wanted a shot. Then we get Maxine Dupree and Ivy Nile, who aren't even a fucking tag team. They show up. Pierce asked if they want a title shot too. Sure, there you go. Maxine was about to say they were to talk about another matter, but she stopped and said, hey, maybe we'll just take this title shot. So Adam Pierce looked like he needed a drink. He booked a fatal four-way. And Chelsea Green threatened to complain to Nick Aldis about this. And Adam Pierce t- said, yeah, go tell him I said hi. V-E-K-E in the chat says, we don't need if it's, we don't know if it's going nowhere. We need to wait, JD. No, we don't. No, we don't need to fucking wait about Imperium. It's going nowhere. We don't need to wait. It makes no sense. Why would you break up Imperium? Nobody has any right reason or any great idea why we're breaking up. Here, we're just going to break them up. Do you have direction for them? Can you come up with a direction for Kaiser and Vinci if they broke up Imperium? No, you can't. So no, I will not wait. No, we should not wait. No, they should fucking drop it because it sucks. It fucking sucks. Backstage. Rhea Ripley and Dominic were walking backstage when they saw Baszler and Stark, Zoe Stark, hanging out on the couch in the Judgment Day area. Ripley asked what they were doing there. Well, they were playing cards. That's what they were doing. Stark said they heard so much about the Judgment Day Clubhouse, they wanted to check it out. Paisley said she's seen enough and left after staring at Rhea Ripley. I don't know why we didn't get Shayna Baszler 
versus Rhea Ripley. That would have been the more intriguing match for Survivor Series. Now, it would have went one way and not the other. Rhea was never losing that championship, but at least they have history. Zoe Stark then told Rhea Ripley their clubhouse is really cute with the decorations and toys and knickknacks. She said what really stood out to me was what's hanging over there, and that was the women's championship title. Ripley said she kind of respects her stunt tonight, but she'll get a beating at Survivor Series anyway. Stark said, good, just the way I like it. I thought Zoe Stark actually cut a better promo here than she did last week, man. I don't think we should send Zoe Stark out in front of a live audience to cut a promo anymore. I thought she was very good here. Very direct. She didn't stutter. She sounded legit. She sounded serious. Good stuff. Natalia and Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell versus Maxine Dupree and Ivy Nile versus Katana Chance and Kaden Carter. I could not give a single solitary shit about the women's tag team titles, and neither do you. Neither do you guys in the chat. None of you people listening to me on iTunes or Spotify. None of you, none of you give a shit about it, man. Don't fool yourselves and don't try to bring that shit to me. The only people that give a shit about the fucking women's tag team titles are these fucking women pro wrestling accounts on X that pander to WWE women's wrestling as the greatest thing since sliced bread. Fucking division is dead. Dead. Now, somehow, someway, don't know why, this match overachieved. I mean, you got Natalia in there who's very good at what she does. Candice LeRae's excellent. Katana, uh, excellent. Katana Chance and Kata Carter are fucking great. So, you know, some of the talent in this match is really good. But in a tag team element, WWE, with their tag team division and the women's division, not really all that hot. So I didn't really expect much of it. But this shit overachieved like a motherfucker tonight. This overachieved like a motherfucker. Each team had matching gear. Dupree and Nile did not. Ivy Nile's wearing, uh, you know, uh, colors like uh, her guys. Brutus and Julius, the Creeds, who we did not see this week. Maxine Dupree hit a splash onto all six of her opponents ahead of a break, man. You know, Maxine, you know, I could easily sit here and shit on Maxine. I'll be real with this. She, she does not belong in a wrestling ring. She does not. But I will say this. I give the lady credit for getting in there and trying to do something that clearly she should not have to do. She's learning. She wants to learn, and I appreciate that, and I respect that. But should she be in a ring? Fuck no. Absolutely not. So she did this big splash onto everybody. This broke the streak of uh, whatever was going on there. The heels were getting the advantage on everybody, and then Maxine, the babyface, takes everybody out. Katana and Carter. Hit a nice double-team move on Tegan Knox and Natalia, but everyone else broke up the cover. Everyone traded big moves here. Natalia put Katana in a sharpshooter. Ivy Nile broke that up with a bulldog. Maxine Dupree tagged in, hit Tegan Knox with some body slams, and then she did an Otis Caterpillar into an elbow drop. She then did a perfect plex 
It didn't look as good as Mr. Perfect's, but I got to give her credit. She did a perfect plex. She got a two count before Niall and Dupree hit Knox with a double vertical suplex. Niall went to the top, but Natalia yanked her down. Dupree tried to fly and cross body, but Tegan rolled through into a cradle and got the one, two, three. Tegan Knox and Natalia have earned themselves a shot at Chelsea and Piper Niven for the tag team titles. Crowd was basically quiet as shit for this. They popped for Maxine. Ever since Maxine's spot doing the Caterpillar, the crowd started to come alive. Other than that, the match was completely dead. The match was dead. And I, I have to say this. Why, why are we shafting Caden Carter and Katana Chance? Honestly. Like, what are we doing? Do, you, do, do they know how good Katana and Caden are? You got Chelsea Green, who plays this gimmick of entitlement. And it's kind of boring. It's getting uh, it's getting to a point where it's running its course. I don't find it entertaining. I don't find her funny. I don't. You 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 may you may find it funny. You may find it entertaining. You know I don't really stoop to those levels. It, it was it was fine for a couple of weeks, and now it's just overbearing and annoying. I don't find it to be funny or entertaining at all. But why are we shafting Katana and Caden? You got the heel team here at Piper and Chelsea. And you got a ready-made, blue-collar, baby-face team in Casey, Cottonzaro, and Caden Carter. And WWE's done nothing with them. Why? When are we going to give them their shot? When are we going to give them their flowers? You do realize that Caden and Katana are, are the only legit tag team in the entire division. They've been a team for several years now, honing their craft, working hard at it, double team moves, matching gear, got the gimmick and the party lifestyle to back the gimmick. They got a great entrance. What are we doing? What are we doing? As far as I'm concerned, those are your two girls, them. Give them the ball and have them run the division. Enough with Natalia finding a mystery partner. How many tag team partners has Natalia gone through? Natalia's legitimately been a partner with every woman on the roster. Every woman. You guys watching at home, you, you, like, you like watching Natalia have a new partner every fucking two months? It's stupid. Candace and Indy make sense. I'm not big on Indy. She's green as my neighbor's lawn. She's green as my cat's shit when she eats fucking uh, food that doesn't agree with her. Give me a break. But they're a legit tag team because they were in a legit stable called The Way. They've been paired together for also several years. But what are we doing here with Caden... And, and Katana. I, I don't get it. Maybe they're waiting for the right opportunity. But right now is the right opportunity. There will never be a right opportunity because this division sucks. There are no teams. Your titles are dead. You might as well put them on a babyface team and help them get them over. Let's, get, let's start getting behind Katana and Kaden. 
Those are your girls for the tag team titles, not these other fucking random, rando teams thrown together. Moving on. Gunther was backstage. He's in a beautiful tuxedo, beautiful suit, whatever he was wearing. He sees Kaiser and Vinci arguing with each other. So he approached them. Kaiser told Gunther, he told Vinci to stay away. He says he would have defeated Gargano easily. Gunther told Kaiser to stay quiet. He said he was disappointed in him by not holding up the prestige of the group. He says he thinks he put the wrong person in charge. He told Vinci he's in charge now. Kaiser was displeased. Okay. Again, I don't know where it's going, nor do I fucking care. Stop the tease. It's stupid. Miz and Gunther. They were about to have a face-to-face out in the ring. But first we go backstage and Adam Pearce is in the middle of all these tag teams arguing backstage. New Day said they want a chance to earn a tag team title match. Adam Pearce says, aren't you guys like 13-time champions? Pearce says, well, I can't do it tonight. We could do it next week. Everyone yelled. Everyone wanted in. And we had Indoshare there. We had, uh, who else was there? New Day was there. The Alpha Academy was there. So then we get Tozawa, who is in this workout gear. He's got a sweatband on, and he's got a Detroit Lions replica belt. Man, they're really shilling those fucking NFL custom titles, huh? And Tozawa is the fucking geek who's the spokesman for these titles. Every week, no matter what city they're in. Chicago, I'm sure they'll have him come out with the fucking Chicago Bears title. You know, Triple H wants to make it seem like WWE is a safe space for foreign talent to come and work. There was a report today that Triple H is very upset with the rumors and the innuendo that WWE is not a safe place for Japanese and Mexican performers to come and work. He wants to change that ideology. Why don't you go fucking talk to your father-in-law who fucked the goddamn system up? Does he realize that it's all Vince McMahon's fault? Does he realize it's all Bruce Pritchard's fault? Does he realize it's fucking John Laronitis? Laronitis! That man single-handedly ruined not only that, but the women's division on top of it. A fucking cancer is Laurenitis. Those are the men to blame. Now he takes it as a personal attack. Your father-in-law fucked it up, Paul. Yeah, you got Tozawa out there gyrating like a fucking idiot with the goddamn custom Lions title in workout gear. He's portraying Richard Simmons. That's what you got him doing. Yeah, you want Okada to come to WWE. Sure thing. Sure thing. Yeah, you want some Mexican Lucha Libre performers of a high level to come to WWE. Sure thing. 
Sure thing. A Dragon Lee match or three on SmackDown is not going to be enough. Pushing Shinsuke Nakamura as a legit killer because he lost twice in a row to Seth Rollins for the world title. You know, having him beat a Gable and an Otis and Tozawa. Yeah, I'm sure that's really going to fucking, that's really going to interest Okada to come to the WWE. Sure thing. Give me a break. You really want to make it a safe space for the Japanese performer to come? How about we start getting Tozawa to be Akira Tozawa because Akira Tozawa is actually a fucking great professional wrestler. Miz was in the ring. He said before Gunther sucks the life out of the arena. Boy, was Mike Mizanin ever wrong about that one. He wanted to talk about what this industry is all about. He says it's all about respect, including the part WWE fans play, whether they're booing or cheering. Oh, yeah? Pro wrestlers act a certain way online when you are negative about what they do, man. They tell you to stay in your lane and call you a mark. Now it doesn't matter. Now it doesn't matter. It's all about respect, including the part WWE fans play, whether they're booing or cheering. We need you. Said Gunther doesn't show him respect. I mean, why would he? Has The Miz won a fucking singles match all year? He beat Ivar. Gunther comes out and interrupts Miz. He said, Gunther entertains with his performances on the mat, whereas Miz is more of a character, more of a mic man, if you will. That was Wade Barrett who said that. Gunther pretty much uttered the same thing. Mike, he says, not Miz, Mike. Let me clarify something, Mike. He said, it's not a lack of respect, but rather, I have zero respect for you. Gunther says he's just an entertainer. He calls Mike just an entertainer. Mike said he gets it done inside the ring and out. He says he is just like all the superstars he grew up watching, and he imitated the macho man Randy Savage. And then he listed Mr. Perfect and Ravishing Rick Rude, Shawn Michaels, Brett the Hitman Hart. He said he watched Brett give his sunglasses to kids in the crowd and said he wanted to be like him. He said they are remembered because they are not a one-note robot like you. So, Miz, he, he tried his best for Gunther to not interrupt him. Miz says he's reinvented himself time after time when he's been knocked down. He said he will do whatever it takes to survive and win to elevate the Intercontinental title. I, I'm sorry. I got, I got to stop it right there. The Miz said he wants to win and elevate the Intercontinental title. I don't know what the fuck half of this roster was smoking tonight, but if, 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 it's not even, it's not even going to be an if. If he ever won the Intercontinental title off of Gunther, I don't know how he thinks he is ever going to elevate the title more so than what Gunther has done with the title. When Gunther drops the title, there will never be another reign of this title ever again like Gunther. So what exactly is The Miz going to do? 
The Miz thinks he's going to have a, a 500-day reign like Gunther? No. Not at all. He said they don't know a lot about Gunther because he hasn't hit the bottom. He says when that happens, then and only then will he show if he deserves their respect. He asks Gunther if he'll become just another cog in the machine with zero personality to invest in when he hits rock bottom. He says if he doesn't respect him yet, he will beat it into him at Survivor Series and become the Intercontinental Champion again. Gunther smiled and said, cute. You could talk a big game, but he has a point of view. He said on Saturday, people think he's going to face The Miz at Survivor Series, a future Hall of Famer with a ton of championship reigns, but he sees through him. He says who he really is facing is someone who is exactly like everybody else in the arena. Little Mike Mizanin, some little weirdo that got bullied in high school because he idolized all those heroes you just named. He said the heroes he looked up to also bullied him, showing him that he didn't belong in the sport. Gunther then said, it's the truth. He says it's 20 years later and things haven't changed. He says he still doesn't belong in this sport, in my ring. He says he belongs on the other side of the railing with all those other weirdos who are just like you. So he's basically calling Mike a mark. Fans then started to chant, USA, USA. Gunther said, your three-letter chants do nothing to me. That's the smallest form of some sort of self-identification, he says. Man, I love Gunther. I fucking love Gunther, man. He says, they're all weak and simple and insecure like little Mike. He told Miz he hasn't been bullied enough. Gunther then shoved him several times. Pie faced him in the face. And dared him to do something about it. Miz actually fought back. Gunther gave him a big boot. And Gunther then tried to lift the Miz and shove the IC title in his face and told him to have a good hard look at it. Miz mule kicked him, fixed his suit and tie, and then signaled that he had big balls and delivered a skull crushing finale. He also gave him a low blow before the skull crushing finale. So, Michael Cole on commentary was yelling, Do it for all the little weirdos, Miz! Now, I could have did without that line. Do it for all the little weirdos. So, WWE, like, low-key calling all of us weirdos. No, you're the fucking weird ones. I thought this was a really good segment. I thought this was a really good segment. This was a good sell. I, I said it for a couple of weeks now. You know, on paper, you look at this and you're like, what the fuck? Mike Mizanin, the Miz versus Gunther. How the fuck are they going to pull this one off? Don't doubt Gunther. Don't doubt Gunther at all, please. Don't. Miz can pull out a good match when he wants to. He's the safest performer in the entire industry. His offense is terrible. But when you want him to work, he works. It's not like Brian Danielson like work, but it's admirable. And he's in there with Gunther. He's going to have to step up his fucking game. He's going to have to. He's not going to be able to coast and fly by the seat of his fucking asshole in a match against Gunther. He's not. They're going to deliver a low key banger match. And I'm excited for it. So 
We'll see what happens in Survivor Series, but Miz is not winning the title. He's not, he's not winning the Intercontinental title. And, and I think, I think we need to cut the shit when it comes to Gunther and his promo ability. Gunther is an excellent promo. Gunther is like the quintessential fucking final boss that this company needs when Brock Lesnar retires. That's him. Gunther is him. Everybody says Gunther plays the role of a James Bond villain on WWE television perfectly. That's exactly what he is. His promo ability is fucking great. You just got to see it for what it is. His sarcasm and his body language and the way he puts you down in his manner with his tone. It's just fucking great shit. And he cut the Miz down the way that he did it. I'm like, I'm laughing on my fucking cow. I love it. I think it's fantastic shit. Let's give Gunther some fucking credit. Not only is he one of the best in the world at what he does in the ring. And he's also a great promo. If you told me Gunther was the best wrestler in the world, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even fucking question you. Chad Gable. He went one-on-one with Nakamura. I said on social media, give these guys 20 minutes and let them cook. They cooked. It was on a low to medium heat. But I guess they cooked. Gable cooks no matter who he's in the ring with. Nakamura, I mean, I'm a little indifferent. Nakamura doesn't really do it for me. But I I do feel like Nakamura is doing some of his his best work right now. As this heel. So this match went 12 minutes and some decent stuff here. Gable wiped out Nakamura with a cannonball. We got a commercial break and we come back from break. We actually were shown how Nakamura took advantage of the match during the commercial break with a split screen replay. They should do that more often because most of the time, One guy is in control before the break, and then the other guy is in control. It's like, how the fuck did the tide of the match swing to the other guy's favor? I don't know. So Nakamura had the edge until Gable came back with some strikes and a neck breaker for a two-count. Nakamura then came back with a kick. German suplex, a flying knee for two. Gable hit a big DDT and then a big diving headbutt off the top rope. Gable hit a stalling German suplex, chaos theory. Dragon suplex by Gable. Gable went for the moonsault, but Nakamura got his feet up and followed with a reverse exploder. Gable countered a Kinshasa into an ankle lock, but Nakamura rolled out. Nakamura tried to shove Gable into an exposed turnbuckle, but Gable managed to hold up and avoid it. However, him doing that led to Nakamura rolling him up for the one, two, three. And Nakamura beats Gable. So he's beaten all of Alpha Academy. He's beaten all of Alpha Academy. And let me, some of you guys in the chat before the stream actually started, said something about Shinsuke Nakamura and what he said on Twitter, apparently. Did he say something on Twitter that I don't know of? Trying to find his Twitter page. Trying to find Nakamura's Twitter page, man. Did he say anything on social media? Let me see. Shinsuke Nakamura. 
There he is. Uh, did he say anything? I can't see. I can't. Where, where the fuck is his Twitter page? Did he say anything on X? No. He says he's losing patience or something like that. So, well, you guys were saying something. What did he say? Was it something after the show? WWE posted it. I don't know, man. Apparently, uh, apparently he's losing patience and the time is now. Who's he talking about? Clearly, it's not Randy Orton. Who's he talking about? Do you guys genuinely think WWE is bringing in Phil Brooks to wrestle Shinsuke Nakamura? Did WWE go out and open their own forbidden door with with, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura wrestling Kazuchika Okada at Survivor Series? I don't know. It's kind of lame if Punk comes in and wrestles Nakamura. It's on WWE's IG. Oh, well, I'm not going to Instagram. Fuck it. He's losing patience is the gist of what I'm saying. He's losing patience. It has to be CM Punk. He said, you're close. Well, why didn't they do that on Monday Night Raw tonight? Why didn't they have him say that on Raw? I guess they didn't want anybody to spark speculation that he's talking about CM Punk. Judgment Day approached McIntyre in the back. McIntyre says he didn't want Judgment Day at ringside. I'm going to take care of this myself. Priest says they weren't offering. McIntyre was glad that they weren't offering. Good. And then he left. We got a video of Ivar with Valhalla, which I thought was very good. He talked about uh, challenging Bronson Reed for a match next week on Raw. Two meaty men going at it. Great. Bronson Reed aired a soundbite asking Ivar if he had the audacity to challenge him. He says he's not a true warrior and that he's a Viking cosplayer. He says he accepts his challenge for a match next week, but he won't survive the tsunami. I don't think anybody survives the tsunami. The tsunami is the new RKO. The tsunami is the new end of days. Nobody should kick out of it. Nobody. Backstage, Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins gave a pep talk to Jey Uso. Jay left. Cody stepped up and asked if he had any luck with a fifth member. Sammy said he reached out to someone and it won't work out. Cody said the person he called picked up and he's in. Seth and Sammy looked thrilled. Cole asked, who is he? We'll find out before the end of the night. I think everybody kind of knew who it was at this point in the show. Jay Uso. He went one-on-one with Drew McIntyre. This is the War Games Advantage. This was a very good wrestling match. Very good wrestling match. Judgment Day is now going to earn the War Games advantage. As they should. The heels always get the advantage. That's just the way it works in War Games. McIntyre was in control. We got a commercial break. Jay started to come back, but McIntyre threw him over the announce desk. We go to a second commercial break. Jay avoided a McIntyre charge, and McIntyre flew into the ring post. Jay hammered away, and every punch that he threw at McIntyre, the crowd did yeet, yeet, and hit a Samoan drop for a two count. McIntyre countered a clothesline into a neckbreaker. McIntyre went for Claymore, but Jay hit a super kick, which looked great. That was a great-looking spot for a near fall. Jay went up top. McIntyre crotched him, 
hit a future shock DDT for the one, two, three. And that was basically it. McIntyre gets the advantage for Judgment Day. He told them that he would, and he lived up to his word. Rhea Ripley was at ringside. And after the match was over, she came out smiling. She told Drew to finish the job on Jey Uso. Drew cleared the announce desk. Jay fought back. And when he picked up a chair, the rest of the Judgment Day attacked him. Cody, Sammy, and Seth then, then ran out with steel chairs. They used chairs to clear the ring of all of Judgment Day. Cody said he's so glad that they have the advantage and have the star power of Drew McIntyre on their team. Cody said, listen, I found a partner, someone. And by the way, the crowd was chanting Randy before Cody even said anything. Someone I have a legacy with. Cody says they know what and who he's talking about. He says they've got the apex predator. Cody said everyone knows who he's talking about. We got a loud Randy chant. Cody says they're just not hearing voices inside their head because the fans are right. He threw the mic down. Judgment Day were shown reacting at ringside, and Monday Night Raw came to an abrupt close. Now, I'm glad Randy, even if, listen, if CM Punk wasn't a thing, if CM Punk wasn't a thing, I'm glad that they announced Randy Orton this way tonight. If he wasn't a thing, I would have done the same thing. Seriously. And the reason why I say that is because I, I just think a different way. You know, I, I have an old school way of thinking. You, you save it. Like, announce Randy, and I'm glad you didn't see Randy come out and fucking start throwing RKO's to everybody. Because that's what you're paying for. That's what the fans are paying for. That's what you're going to watch Survivor Series for. Not only that, it's going to be a great match. But... If you sent Randy Orton out there and his theme music hit, which is probably going to be a newer version, Rev Theory, I think, did a new version of Randy Orton's theme song. If you sent him out there and the theme song hit for the first time in 18 or so months, why are you going to waste that pop on Monday Night Raw and then not do it at Survivor Series for the first time? Do you know what I mean? There's a time and a place to do everything. So even if CM Punk wasn't a thing and they went into it with the mystery partner still uh, not not, not revealed, right? And they didn't unveil him. And the crowd was going to hijack the show. CM Punk, CM Punk. Even if CM Punk wasn't a fucking option here, I still would have done the same thing here tonight that WWE did because that pop, that theme should be played first at Survivor Series. To see Randy Orton tonight would have taken that moment away from Survivor Series. And that's just that's just a bad creative move. It really is. Randy Orton was announced tonight because of the whole CM Punk hysteria. That's why they announced him. If WWE went into Survivor Series with the fifth man not being announced, show might have been hijacked, CM Punk, CM Punk. You might have been putting expectations on the crowd that were kind of unrealistic. It might have taken away from everybody else. It might have taken away from the storyline to make it about one guy. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So I'm glad that they they made it about Randy Orton announced. He's the fifth man. You're going to see him at Survivor Series. And goodbye. 
I thought what they did tonight was the right choice. I thought the Judgment Day and Team Cody stuff was excellent. I thought Gunther and The Miz was great stuff. There was some great wrestling on tonight's show. We had Gargano and Kaiser. We had Nakamura and Gable. The ladies turned it up. Becky and Zia Lee. Wasn't, it wasn't a bad show at all. And I'm very excited about Survivor Series. Very much looking forward to War Games. Thank you guys very much for all of your support, man. You guys are great. We had 2,500 in here tonight for the Monday Night Raw post show. If you guys want to hang around, I'd love to have you. Get those super chats in. We are going to hang out for last call here inside the beautiful OTS venue. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got 782 likes. I'd love if we get to 1,000. I know we can get to 1,000. We have 2,500 in here, man. There should be no reason why 1,000 is not attainable. Helps me out in the algorithm, man. I don't even ask you if anything. Just hit the thumbs up. Were you not entertained? Hit that subscribe button down below. We are dangerously, and I mean dangerously close to 150,000 subscribers. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There is plenty of it. And more to come tomorrow. My guy, Andrew Baydala and myself. Oh, man, we got a lot to say about what happened this weekend at AEW Full Gear. We got a lot to talk about as far as Randy Orton. A lot to talk about, about all the hot topics in pro wrestling on Tuesday Night Titans episode 20. What is it? 23? 24? Oh, man. Oh, man. Going to be rocking and rolling tomorrow night. Also, go check out the content on the second channel, man. If you guys don't know, I have a second YouTube channel, man. I just upload random shit over there. Right now, we're in the Pokemon card phase. Opening up packs. Making it entertaining. I'm going to be bringing some Call of Duty over there when I get some time. Some good stuff. Go check that out. Link is down in the description. Go and hit that subscribe button, man. We are on our way to 7,000 subscribers on that channel. And go and check out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. The Ridge. Honestly, it's the best wallet I've ever owned, man. I will never own another wallet in my entire life. The Ridge. Get yours today. Use that code SCRIPT. Ridge.com slash scripts. Code SCRIPT. And you guys are going to get up to 30% off. It's a great deal. With Christmas coming up, man, Black Friday and the holidays coming up, that is an unbelievable deal. Go get that and take care of your family, your dad, your grandpa, yourself, your brother, friend. Ridge is where it's at, man. Go and get yours today. Let's get into these Super Chats, guys. Uh, Michael Bertoni starts us off tonight. $10 $10 Super Chat. Can you see the same ending at WrestleMania 40 when Solo spiked Cody, then got speared, but instead kick out at one? Also, the new Call of Duty is absolute garbage. So glad I refunded that hot mess. Fuck Activision. Modern Warfare 3 is garbage. I'm already hearing the next Treyarch title is going to have tactical sprint. Tactical Sprint 
is one of the worst additions to Call of Duty in its history. I fucking hate it. Uh, the same ending, uh, I could definitely see the bloodline getting involved, but however it plays out, Cody is going to win the title. Cody should win the title. Nate, with 13 months, one year, one month officially as a member, can't wait for War Games JD, and as well, can't wait for the tournament to start on Wednesday's Dynamite. Tony Khan has already announced that there will be, like, a very sports-like presentation to announce the remaining eight men in the tournament with interviews and highlights. I don't know when that's going to be, but apparently that's on Wednesday. My guy Michael Jones with the 499 JD. Hope to see you again in London 2024. Hope you remember me, brother. Of course I remember you, man. How could I forget? I had my first child named Ruby last month. Not on socials now, but follow you on here daily. Everybody in the chat, man, let me see those prayer emojis from my guy Michael Jones. And his newborn baby daughter Ruby, man, one month old. I may be back, uh... For all in, I don't, I don't really know yet, but I, I'm thinking it's going to be a yes. Big Country, 1990, with a 199. Bet Punk comes now that WWE didn't sign Will. Well, it's a, it's a possibility. There's a small percentage that I do think he shows up on Saturday, but I'm not really holding my breath. If he doesn't show up, I'm not losing sleep over it. Ali with a 499. Hey, JD, as an OTS member, can you do your impression of Zia Lee? I already did it once tonight, brother. I did it once tonight. I wasn't even going to do it, but I ended up doing it anyway. My guy, D. Bastardo, with a $50 super chat. Hey, JD, over the last few years, I play some of your classic rants to my mom, and you always made her laugh. Since my dad passed away a couple years ago, I moved in and took care of my mom, and now my mom has passed. Thank you for what you do. Love you, brother. I'm sorry to hear that, uh, Bastardo. I'm sorry to hear that, brother. You know, like I always say about my grandpa, you know, he uh, he never really left. What he's taught me and his uh, his presence is always with me. My work ethic I get from him. There's something about your mom and your father, bro, that's never going to leave you. So I'm sorry to hear that, man. Uh, some more prayer emojis for my guy, Bastardo, man. My thoughts and condolences to your family, man. And you know we will be here for you. Lunar Guardian with 15 months. 15 months with the finest in the IWC. Cheers, brother. Thank you, Lunar. Mark Elaine Al Brian Lazaro with a 50 in his currency. I don't know what that is and what that translates to, but thank you, Mark Elaine. Banger as always. You remind me of Aaron Rift from No IQ. 
I remind you of Aaron Rift. I don't know if that's a compliment or a insult. Mark Elaine Albrian Lazaro. No, I have nothing similar to Aaron Rift. Nothing. Aaron Rift uses a, a pair of fucking iPod headphones from fucking 1994 and a, a fucking banner that he got made at Staples for $4.99 as his backdrop. Nothing similar here. Give me a break. But thank you for your generosity. I really appreciate you. I got to get to my guy here, man. I got to get to my guy because we, uh, we didn't do the tradition. Round him up for my guy Thomas Franco with a $100 super chat. Hey, JD, here is a bomb in celebration of the Viper coming back. Saturday, and for your continued hard work for us, we appreciate it. Thomas Franco, always appreciate your brother. Thank you so very much for your generosity. Always love having Thomas Franco inside the OTS venue. And let's get the music back on here tonight, man. Nick Williams with 18 months. What's up? To my guy, Nick Williams, hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, or hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving, J.D. 18 months as a member, getting close to the big goal. Continue to be the best podcast ever. Thank you, Nick. Hopefully you have a uh, very happy Thanksgiving as well. Funny Rob, baby. Thank you for being here, brother. Says you're a new member. I don't know why it says you're a new member. But if you're a new member, thank you. Sean Ray J with a $20 super chat sent you vid on X of, of Shin saying he's done waiting and he's ready to fight. I think we get Shin with a surprise open challenge and Punk return. They brawl. Punk goes for GTS and Shin escapes. Punk then has his moment in Chicago. Are you guys really wanting Punk versus Shinsuke Nakamura? Thank you, Sean. I appreciate you, brother. Jason with a $10 super chat. Hey, JD, I had to defend Jesse this weekend because of geeks who think he is bland when in reality he's your friend and you aren't willing to put him on. Therefore, they aren't really your fans. Billy Sizane says Nakamura is talking about carrying cross. You may be correct. People are going to be disappointed, but you may be correct. Uh, Jason, yeah, I, uh, whatever, man. If they have a problem and don't watch because of Jesse being on Wednesdays, A, they're missing a great fucking podcast. They're missing a great live stream. It's their loss. Fuck them. And they're not really fans of mine at all. No harm, no foul, no loss. And I said this on social media, you know, what what do they want Jesse to be like? Do they want him to be fake? I mean, if you want someone that's going to fucking blow smoke up your ass, go watch fucking Salcedo. If you want somebody that's disingenuous, go follow Salcedo or, or whoever. I could list off a whole number of people in the community in this space that are fake as fuck. They pander to their audience with positivity. 
And they never reveal their true selves and their true opinions. It's all fucking fake. Jesse's real. First day I had Jesse on, I want you to be yourself. If you got something to say, say it. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit who's listening. I don't give a shit. Just say it. Same thing with Drew. That's why I love working with Drew. You know, there was a part of me that I was like, you know, I don't think Drew's going to be himself. Drew's been himself. Drew drops the F-bomb every now and then, man. He never did that back in the day. He knows that if you're not yourself, people will see right through that shit. Sam Roberts, Ryan Satin, these guys suck. They're fucking awful. The wrestling com- the wrestling content in creator space, it's as weak as it's ever been. It's awful. Everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody copy and pastes. Nobody tries to grow. Everybody's begging for interviews. Everybody's throwing themselves at these pro wrestlers. The pro wrestlers probably think you're a fucking mark, a geek. I've never thrown myself at a pro wrestler to fucking get a goddamn interview. I don't give a fuck if I interview you. Maybe one day I will reach out to somebody and say, hey, man, I want to get you on the show. I want to interview you. But we do our own thing here. Just the way it is. Chris Leon with 17 months. Jay's reaction when Randy was announced for the fifth man should be interesting. I said in the beginning, it's going to be very interesting. Tommy Brannigan with 22 months. JD and the OTS family. Happy Thanksgiving week, everyone. So ready for Survivor Series. Absolutely. Thank you, Tommy. Clone Force with a 499. That look on Jay's face once Cody said it was going to be Orton, knowing Jay was a part of the reason why Orton was out for the whole year. They going to bring it up for sure. Absolutely. M. James with a $2 super chat. That crowd pop for Orton was so hyped. He wasn't even there and the crowd fucking exploded. Wait till we get to Saturday. Christian Ladner with a 15 months. The look on Jay's face when Cody announced Orton has the fifth told the whole story. Do we see Team Rhodes win and then RKO on Jay? I don't know, man. Tay-Tay with a 199. The legend killer is back at War Games. Yes. Shane Brown. 11 months. Number one podcast, period. No one can touch you. Keep up the great work, brother. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you, Shane Brown. Likewise, man. Once again, thank you to Thomas Franco with the $100 Super Chat. Matt Eagle with a $4.99. If Randy is joining Cody's team, then why did Cody randomly aid LA Knight on SmackDown? He would think logically Knight would repay the favor. I don't know. I I really don't know. Robert Hall with a new membership. Thank you, Robert. The fuck are you drinking? It says you're a new member, bro, but you got a gold microphone, so I know YouTube is trolling me. Tay-Tay with a 19.99. Becky Lynch, Jaylee, Natalia, Tegan Ox, Chance, and Carter. The way, Ivy Nile, Maxine Dupree, Zoe Stark, Nijax, Raquel Rodriguez were on their A-game tonight. 
Shows you that Triple H loves women's wrestling. Yeah, I love women's wrestling too, but it shouldn't be taking up the entire first hour. Tay-Tay with a 499. If you see me and you're trying to see what's up, ski Nasty Mandy. $2 Super Chat. Jesse told me my beverage didn't need ice again. I don't believe you. I don't believe you, Nasty Mandy. Delightful entertainment with a 199. Mrs. Complete Trash as a babyface. Oh my, yes. He sucks as a babyface. Captain Solo with a $5 Super Chat. Totally agree with you on Raw needing to change his theme music. The current theme is hot garbage. I don't even consider it hip-hop music. No, bro. It is uh, some royalty-free garbage. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like some copyright-free, royalty-free garbage that WWE found off the fucking dark web somewhere. Also, with a $5 Super Chat Captain Solo, would you think it's a fair opinion to say the best wrestler in WWE is Gunther and in AEW is Will Ospreay? Yes. Well, MJF. Will Ospreay hasn't wrestled in AEW outside of a couple of matches, but yeah. He's definitely up there. Gunther is the best wrestler in WWE right now, yes. Delightful entertainment with the 499. Jay's reaction to Randy being the fifth member was so good. Actually amazed how good he's been over the last year. Jay's incredible. Jay is excellent. Deontay Smith with the 499. Jay Uso has one of my favorite entrances in all of WWE. Deontay Smith with the 499. What non-War Games matches are you looking forward to most this Saturday? Mine is Carlito versus Escobar. Um, I don't even know why that was added to the show. Uh, I don't like that being added to the show. They only added that to, to bolster the, the card to add more matches to the, to the overall show. But I'm looking forward to Gunther and The Miz, believe it or not, just to see what they do out of sheer curiosity. Deontay Smith, thank you so much, brother. Sue with a 10. JD, what are you drinking? Tell Jesse if he needs some help. I'm here for him. I do agree with you. The women's tag team belts are pathetic. We'll see you and Drew on TNT tomorrow night. Thank you, Sue. As always, we love having Sue in the chat. Soundwave 80s with a 499. Every little thing she does is magic. Everything she do just turns me on. Even though my life before was tragic, now I know my love for her goes on. Bro, Sky Blue's not going to sleep with you, okay? Unfortunately. Captain Solo with a $5 Super Chat. What high school in the Bronx did you say you graduated from? I graduated from Cardinal Spellman, OTS for Life. Solo, I graduated from Mount St. Michael in year 2000. Michael Bertoni with a five. I can't stand tactical sprint either. Such a joke. I really wish Drew would bring down or bring back broken dreams. Yeah. Me too. Especially as a heel. Captain Solo with a $25 super chat. Thank you, brother. Have a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. You too as well, man. And Cal L with a $2 super chat. F all Jesse, Andrew, and JD haters, period. Cal L. I might have my dark horse in two weeks, bro. Mustangs are fucking gonna own. More than rule, brother. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. 
fun stream. Hopefully you learned something here as always, man. If there's one thing I want when you guys watch the show, you take something out of the show that you didn't know or weren't thinking about beforehand and you were like, you know what? JD taught me something tonight. You know? If I do that, that's my goal for every stream. What did you learn tonight? Padman with a 199. Wild guess, but Randy's RKO to Jay to cost the victory. Possibly. That's why they got that to tune you in, man, on Saturday. It's going to be great. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out tonight. Excellent stream. You guys killed it. Jesse's about to sweep him off the venue. He's getting it ready for Wednesday. Actually, tomorrow. I'll be live with Drew tomorrow. TNT right here on OTS. The place to be. The best debate podcast in the wrestling space right now. And what I do with Jesse is not that far behind, man. They're neck and neck. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206 on X, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We really appreciate if we could get as close to a thousand as possible. Go check out the content on the channel. Plenty of it. Second channel content. Link is down in the description. And go check out the Ridge, man. Ridge.com slash script. Use that promo code script at checkout to save up to 30% off. I will see you guys tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern, with my guy Andrew Baydala right here on TNT on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.